We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukumski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And together in this beautiful summer month with most kids back to school right now, this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. Yeah, so all you kids, hope you had a good first uh, week at school. I know maybe some of them aren't, but I think most of them are. Most How about your back. kids? Your kids back to school? Today was a milestone in our family's life. So is as we right? record this today, I dropped off our son at high school for the very Whoa, first time. Oh, you got time. a high schooler now? We do. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. You know, everyone always warns you, it goes by so fast, but until you experience it yourself yeah you, you don't really realize well, how fast and, it goes by. and let me tell you the high school thing will be that way too that's just what like, i boom, hear all of a sudden he's a senior and he'll yep. be going off to college and little noah that's little hard noah. to believe that he is a freshman in, in high school yep that's that's right so super excited for noah so he's over at lutheran high school south here in st louis and uh, uh excited for him and i know he's even more excited he's been counting the days so he's been eager to go and we all, everybody out there who's going back to school we certainly wish you the lord's blessings whether it be grade school, kindergarten, high school, college, or whatever. For sure. Uh, God grant you uh, the ability to just take it all in. These are all good things the Lord wants you to know and just, just enjoy everything the Lord gives you. That's right. And we pray for those parents out there, too, especially the, the parents of college <laughs> students. I know we have some, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, some parents in the congregation. There was a few tears shed this past weekend, I think, as uh, for many families, this might be the last weekend they worship together for a little while as that son or daughter goes off to college. So God be with all of you and with your kids, too. Yeah, no one told me that when we took our daughter off to uh, Eastern University there in Illinois, and we drove back home. It was like a death. It was like a funeral. No one told me that it would be so sad to see them, but it is. They're moving on, and they're yeah. moving away. And it, yeah, It's, it's a grief in a way. It's sort of a loss, you know, <laughs> as they leave the house, and especially if that, that's the first one, or maybe the nest is oh, empty yeah. now. It's, yeah. it's not easy. It's a big transition. Well, let me, let me start with something. Uh, we're going to do Cain and Abel, for those of you that follow along at home, if you want to open up your Bibles to Genesis 4. But I was thinking, Matt, uh, we, we went to Topeka, and I'm thinking, I, I, maybe okay. for retirement, I'm going to do it. Do you remember the old uh, uh, show On the Road with Charles Geralt or something like okay, that? Okay, yeah, yeah, travels from place to place. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to contemporize that, bring it up to date, because apparently the world has changed. The world has changed. How, when were you born, Matt? When you were born? 1980. Okay, so you, yeah, man. That's why I'm young blood. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. You don't know anything about the 60s. You don't know about hippies at all. <laughs> no, you're you're a whole decade, two decades after that. I've read about hippies. Well, but... I, I was a hippie at one point. I grew up I'm sitting the next to a hippie. <laughs> a former reformed hippie. <laughs> but what tickled me is back in those days, in the days of hippiedom, uh, almost every store and restaurant would have a sign that said, no shoes, no shirt, no service. You sure, still see yeah. a little bit yeah, of that. Yeah, every once in a while. There was a lot about that because it's just kind of what the the culture where there was when people were burning their bras and doing stuff like that <laughs> the good old days but apparently culture has changed it's a whole different problem we have now so we go into the dollar tree in topeka and at every uh, uh checkout there is this handwritten sign that says now, i wish I, I wish i had a picture if we could i wish this was 
TV because you're not. But this is literally what the sign said. Due to warmer weather, we will not be taking money from bras or socks. (laughs) 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 That's that's what it literally said. No no money from bras or socks. And you and Lynn looked at each other and said, oh, darn, we're going to have to leave. Well, back in the 60s, that wouldn't have been a problem. <laughs> there were no socks. You know? That wasn't an issue. But apparently it is now. Uh, and apparently also it's not probably formal policy for the Dollar Tree because when Lynn tried to take a picture of it, the, the checkout lady was trying to hide the sign. Oh, no. That is great. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. In the winter, though, it's anything goes. Right. You know, you bra, can socks, underwear, boxer shorts, briefs. Care. It doesn't matter. But have at due it. to warmer weather. So that's my little, that'll be my first episode on my on the road with John Lukomsky. <laughs> so, um, so, so what were you and Lynn doing in the middle of, of Kansas at a Dollar Tree? Where oh, uh, visiting my cousin. I have a cousin oh, yeah, that's that lives right. in Topeka. We always oh, go see good. him once a year. That's and great. Everything. Good. And he wanted to go to the Dollar Tree, and that's where we took him. Good deal. So you didn't go just for the Dollar Tree. There was, <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> that's right. Because there's closer Dollar Trees, John. There are. I know. There's one in Freeburg right now, just 10 miles up the road for us. But apparently we can't bring any money in our socks or our bras. Bra. So... <laughs> we'll remember that the next time we go. So we're doing, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do Cain and Abel. Uh, um, and I wanted to do it because uh, I, I've just read Luther's commentary on this story. Oh, from cool. The, the book of, have you Good. ever read Luther's commentaries on Genesis? Yeah, not cover to cover, but yeah, I've read parts. Okay. Sure. You should. Go home. That's your assignment. <laughs> I want you to go home and read it because it has to be one of the most wonderful books that have ever been written. And in fact, for our listeners, it's available for free on the internet. You can just go on and search Luther's works of Genesis and, and there'll All be right. PDFs there you can read. So you don't have to pay the big bucks to Concordia Publishing House. <laughs> I hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Of course. Of course, of course you want to buy because they're, they're, they're hard bound and they're nice and they got good. But it, Anyway, what I love about his commentaries is, number one, these are not stories to him. These are real people he's talking about, and he expects them and, and interprets them as acting like real people do. It's a given. It is. That's yeah. good for Luther. And, and that's what it is. These are real people, and, and we should expect them to act like real people do. And then the other thing, of course, is he always brings it back to faith. Life is always about faith. Everything that's yeah. in here has to do with faith. And I hope everybody listening to us realize that's what this is all about. Sending your kids off to school, going off to college, the sadness it involves. It all involves so the faith that God's the one who's watching over you and watching over your children. And that's true whether they're here or whether they've gone off to Eastern or gone their first day to the big day there in Lutheran South. It's to recognize that there's still this Lord of love and mercy who's Overall, and we're going to see that dramatically in the story of Canaan because they're going to have every reason to doubt that there's a Lord who's in control, aren't they? Yeah. In the story of Canaan. Well, okay, enough rambling on. Have you preached on this before? You said you hadn't. I, I don't know if I have, but but you're using the one year lectionary. So yeah, it comes yeah. up and then, uh, yeah, yeah. For but, the, I think it was the 11th Sunday after Trinity. Mm-hmm, That's the mm-hmm, assigned text. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's one that we're all familiar with, but I don't think it's one that's preached on a whole lot for the, the pulpit. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. How do you think about it? It isn't in the three-year lectionary at all, is it? Yeah, yeah. I don't I remember preaching on it until, mm-hmm. until this day. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, let's have a look at it. Good. Do uh, you want to start reading there, Matt? Sure. So we uh, are in Genesis chapter 4, looking yeah. at these real people, uh, Cain and Abel. All right. Uh, now, Adam knew his Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying... I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Now, now here's the... Uh, would you like to explain to us, Matt, uh, knowing that there are children listening, what does it mean exactly that 
Adam knew his wife, Eve. He knew, <laughs> in quotation marks, his wife, Eve. Yeah, thanks, John, for throwing, tossing <laughs> that mind. Like, aren't you the one who preached on this? <laughs> so, well, I, I, you would say, you know, the birds and the bees, John. So ah, this is, uh, well, this is a gift from God, right? You right. Know, uh, all, all the way at the beginning of creation, and there's Adam and Eve, this, this helper created for Adam, you know, to complete him. And part of that uh, instruction and admonition, part of that blessing God gives is to be fruitful, multiply, right? And so Adam and Eve, they they take God at his word, and that's what they do. And they, they have a child. Right, well, we, won't, we won't make you go any further than All right, that. I that. think you stepped around it really well. Uh, you can email us privately. We'll explain to you what that is if you want more explicit details. Uh, but Korea Publishing House has a series of books. Because they do. That's you. right. They do. Uh, they have things about yeah, the Don't search the internet for education. that one. No, no, don't definitely search the internet. There. There's one you want to go to CBH for, your information. Um, but I like the the, the the point you made there that, that it was because this is what God had uh, commanded them and, and they're, they're f- well here's the point that Luther makes this is an act of faith on the part of Adam which I thought is interesting because we don't usually think of having relationships with our spouse as an act of faith uh, but but Luther says it certainly isn't the case of uh, Adam because God has just told him guess what you've brought death into the world right from dust you've come and to dust you return and, and everyone that will be born of Adam and Eve now will share that curse right yeah and the genealogies list all the names there in Genesis, and they all say, and they died, because they mm-hmm. have not the image mm-hmm. of God, but the image image of Adam. So I thought, well, that's a good point, because if you knew, if you knew you had been cursed with death, would you immediately then embrace your wife and try to have a child, knowing yeah. exactly what you were bringing that child into? That's an interesting point. Do we really want to bring this child into this kind of world that's fallen? Uh, and we even hear that today sometimes, oh, don't we? Oh, we do. You know, yeah. I don't know if we want to have kids because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I don't know if we want to have any kids. But but for Adam to hold on to that promise, as Luther points out, from God that the Savior is going to come to make things right, he he go ahead. He, they reproduce. And thank you, because that's actually the point, isn't it, Matt? So, so they're doing it in obedience to the commandment, because he did say be fruitful and multiply. Sure. Uh, and, and we already saw what happened when we don't obey the commandments, so maybe we don't want to do that a second time. But you're right, I, I think it is the fact that he said there would be an offspring of Eve that would be the Savior, crush the head of the devil, set things right, bring life, everlasting life to replace death. So it's in that faith. And, and I, man, I, I hope that our young people are doing that. I hope you have lots and lots of babies, but don't have babies because of love but have babies because, yeah, I want to bring a man for the Lord. Like this says, I'm, I'm going to bring a son and a daughter who will be one of God's children, who will join me in heaven. So actually, even today, it is an act of faith when, when we do this, when we try to bring a, a life into the world. Uh, um, okay, I'm starting to think there's something else I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, I know what it was, man. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you know what the meaning of the word Eve is? You know what, the, what Eve means? You know that? Uh, Let's see here. Woman, right? Uh, no. No. Uh, no. 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 Mother of mother. all the living. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mother of mother. all the living. So not just woman, but mother. Mother of all the living. Yeah. And I always thought, what a neat thing, because he could have said mother of all the dying, but no, he names her Eve, which is mother of all the living. All right. So we have an act of faith. Uh, and I, again, I hope and pray that everybody listening to us, that's what you do. This is a tough world. I know people right now got all kinds of struggles and trials. But I hope you wake up every morning and you know there is hope uh, that God's made promises and then you act in those promises. You act in faith. But unfortunately, we sin. Uh, and Luther sees sin right away in this first verse. Uh, read, read that first verse and read the second verse, too, if you would, man. Sure. Now, Adam knew his Eve, his wife, and she conceived 
and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a worker of the ground. But you got two kids, right? Tell everybody about your two kids. We heard about Noah. He's a high school guy, but don't forget... Anna, she's yeah. our she's our other child. So yeah, Noah's just going into ninth grade, and Anna's going into fifth grade, and uh, yeah, two wonderful why, kids. Why Anna? Why Anna? Why the why the name Anna? Yeah. yeah. Well, we we like but, the the biblical name. I okay. thought it was a neat connection, and it's sort of a family name. It's it's in the family here and there, and on both sides of our family, which is kind of a cool connection too. Uh, yeah, and there's that Anna, that, that prophetess, you know, if we can call her that, in the New Testament. Uh, remember who's who's uh, there in the temple waiting the Lord's salvation. Great name. And Noah, of course, Noah is... Yeah, Noah, well, yeah, he's... Do you have another kind of, Noah in your family? He's the, no, you? he's, the, he's the next guy you're in Genesis, right? Uh, so Noah, that name meaning rest, or uh, the Lord's rest, and uh, Noah, of course, Noah and the ark and the flood and, and all those, uh, that what what's in the chapters to come? So good, biblical, faithful names, people who trusted in God, and, and what great gift you've given your children by giving them names like that. We like them. Yeah, we, we named ours Naomi and John and Joshua, so again... Family names in some. John, obviously, my name. Sure. Uh, but again, good. Here's the problem. <laughs> Do you know anything about the meaning of the names Cain and Abel? This well, surprised me. I, I did not know I this. don't know many people named Cain. No, well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. It, it was a great name at the time because the name, uh, the etymology could either mean one who creates or it could mean a mighty spear. Wow, wouldn't that be the great name for a kid? Yeah, I'm mighty spear, you yeah. know. Uh, do you know what Abel means, though? This is what's really what's interesting. It, what's... it means vanity. Oh. It's the same word that's used in Ecclesiastes. The author says, mm. vanity, vanity, all, all things are vanity. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's Abel's name. Yeah, huh. the mist that comes and, and is gone yeah. when the sun rises. So here's my point. Obviously, I think they like Cain better. Don't you? Well, in fact, did you notice that it doesn't say anything about Abel? She doesn't say anything about Abel when Abel is born. But when Cain was born, what did she say? Well, yeah, so I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Right, and then I, then we had Abel. Oh, and then Abel comes along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got, uh, how about you and your kids? Do you love your kids? Of course, equally? yeah. Do yeah. you yeah. go out of the way to make sure that they're when, when one gets a present, does the other get a present? Yeah, typically so, yeah. Okay. And, and I'm just saying that's what you ought to do, because when you don't do that, when you prefer one child to the other, you are planting the seeds of some real, real troubles. Uh, Luther actually speculates this business. Uh, it doesn't say in the Hebrew from the Lord. It simply says, I got a man uh, of the Lord. The Lord, it's not really clear in the Hebrew. And Luther thinks that Eve thought this was the one, that this was the promised child. Yeah, this was the Savior. Bada bing. Here yeah, we go. Well, that's that what God fast. said. Uh, and he is the, uh, I, I learned a new word too, Matt. I love, he is the primogenitor. Oh my goodness, Matt. It's time, isn't it? No, no, we got, <laughs> I'm sorry, we got another 10 minutes. Oh, I get so nervous. I saw the four and I thought, oh no, the show's over. Oh, just calm me down. Ten, time flies when you're having fun. We're not having that much <laughs> no, fun. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so excuse my excitement. No, I, I saw the four up there and I thought, oh, that's what you And you panicked. But it's 24, not 14. Primogenitor. You know what that means, primogenitor? Firstborn. Firstborn. The one who's supposed to get the, 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 the inheritance. In fact, that's what the Bible says. The firstborn gets a double inheritance. That's the special chosen one. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the other thing that Luther points out that shows that they really like Cain a lot better. Well, of course, he's the one chosen by the Lord. Why wouldn't you like him? Abel is just vanity. What's the profession of Cain? So Cain is a 
a farmer. Abel is a is a herdsman. Right. And and who else is a farmer in this story? Well, it appears as though perhaps Adam in it yeah. is. So he's, yeah. So he's wouldn't it make you really happy if Noah became a pastor? Take after his dad. Wow. Yeah, we all want yeah. that. We want that that son. And so that's what we've got. We got the son. He's doing my job. He's yeah. working in the fields with me. Tell me a little bit about being a shepherd, though. What, what's the Bible look upon the guy who tends the flocks? You know those stories, don't you, Matt? Well, sure. I mean, it's kind of glam, glamorized, I think, you know, in our day and age yeah, when we think about shepherds. It wasn't in but the But in Bible times, you know, probably the most famous shepherds are the ones on Christmas that yeah. night when the angels announced to them that the Savior's been born. And, and you think of how those guys were unclean, not yep. just in terms yep. of filth and smell, but also even sometimes ceremonially unclean in the eyes of the Jews. Couldn't get in to do the Sabbath. They had to watch the sheep. Yep. Yep. So it's not a job that people are standing in line to do. So in fact, I think it's David, right? Ah, So here's another another group of siblings, a bunch of boys, and he's the youngest. He's the one who's stuck out there taking care of the sheep. Because nobody else wants to do it. That seems to be the case. And and Samuel comes because he's going to anoint the king of Israel, and his dad, Jesse, doesn't even bother to call David in from the flock. Surely it's not David. Can't be, yeah. Um, so that's what we got here, according to Luther. And again, it's it's real life because I hate to tell it, people do that, don't you? Come on, repent, perhaps. Perhaps you have a favorite one. Maybe you like one child better than the other, but you simply cannot do that. You have to <laughs> love them all. All right? Because here's what happens if you do that. They'll start believing that they are better. And they will start looking down at their brothers and sisters. And they will begin to think that I am the chosen one. I am the chosen one because I am the primogenitor. I am the firstborn. And boy, that's going to give them. In fact, it's not just have to do with our children. It has to do with us. If there's anybody out there right now that thinks you are special because you're so good, because you listen to Wrestling with Basic every week, you wouldn't miss it. But that makes you a good, holy person, doesn't it? To listen to Wrestling with Basic. <laughs> if that doesn't, I don't know what does. I know. To put up with this, my goodness. <laughs> All right, read what happens. Go ahead and read there. All right. Verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. So, so Cain set up. He's bringing his offering. He thinks, I am the chosen one. I'm the firstborn. Mom loves me. You know, Abel, not so much. And, and of course, God just does the opposite. Abel is the offering that gets respect, and, and uh, Cain's offering has no regard. Uh, and, and, and to understand why Cain is angry about that, you need to know what the word no regard means. Or actually, you need to know what the word regard means. I was surprised to see that in the Hebrew, it's the word that is used for a mother when she looks down at her child. That's what it is to have regard. No, okay. Um, now I know there are wicked mothers out there, but I, I bet you when 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 little Anna, little Noah was in your wife's arms, there was a look there. Wasn't oh my there? goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah it's precious. Uh, in fact, may all of our offerings, when we bring them to God, may He look at upon them as these these precious things. But on the other, if He takes no regard in you, well, that's probably not. Yeah. So good. you have this this parent, this heavenly Father, oh, having that, no I never regard. About that. Yeah. yeah. So now we got Imagine the whole parental that. thing again. Sure. Uh, why? Why, Matt? I'm, I'm sure you've read, you've studied this. What are some of the speculations on why God regarded uh, uh, Abel's but did not regard Cain's? Well, I think some have said well, it's, it's simply because of what it is, what the offering consists yeah. of. And what, what, what so, so, well, it makes sense. Cain, if he's the, the farmer, he's going to bring the fruit of the earth. 
Um, if if Abel is the, the shepherd, he's going to bring something from the flock. And it seems like most of the time, at least in the Old Testament, it's it's animals being killed, it's blood that's being shed, and yeah. and yeah, you know, it's there there's there's sacrifices of the first fruits of the earth, certainly with with fruits and grains, but, but you know it's the animal ones that seem to be emphasized. So, so maybe so it's bloody just, sacrifices better than a, uh, just yeah, giving some fruits grain and grains and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and someone said, well, you know, it says, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe because uh, Abel gave his, his best, uh, the firstborn of his flock, their fat portions, you know, maybe because it was the best and maybe, uh, you know, uh, Cain, what he brings uh, isn't the best. Maybe it's not the best of what he has in his garden. And certainly the Hebrew does kind of emphasize that. Like yeah, you say, the and I think there's probably truth really, to that. I think, you know, uh, but, you know, ultimately, why why does God have a better regard? Well, I think we need to... if. <laughs> If, if if we don't, we can look here, but then we also look ahead to the New Testament, yeah, too. You, the, you, you're going to bring up Hebrews. Yeah, I'm going to bring up Hebrews, because then the God gives us the answer in the New Testament, right? Exactly. In case there's any debate about this, he gives us the answer. Uh, and, and, and so Luther, Luther actually uh, kind of takes an interesting tact on this. Luther says, no, there actually was no difference in the sacrifices. They were both good, decent sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, in fact, uh, he points out the fact that, uh, go, go to the... Uh, um, uh, go to the New Testament story of the widow's might, and, and Jesus says, "Wow, that that's a tremendous sacrifice, a tremendous offering that she's making." So Luther says, "It's not about what the thing looks like on the outside. That that's never the issue. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how great it looks, uh, but it is, as you alluded, it's what's going on behind it." And so the passage is Hebrews eleven four: "By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous." God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Um, so, yeah, that's the point. Uh, Cain, again, he came boldly and confidently. I'm the firstborn. Look at all good I am. Uh, but he did not come humbly. He did not come uh, in, in faith. And, and that, of course, is what makes the difference uh, between those two sacrifices. That's why God regards one and not the other. And if, if Cain did give of the lesser fruit of the earth... Yeah. That might have been the case, but yeah. that's just a symptom. That's just a symptom of the the bigger problem was that lack of faith or misplaced faith uh, in the life of Cain. And, 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 you know, we see that in our own lives, don't we, Matt? So when we do things because we're obligated to do them, yeah, we give the bare minimum, whatever is required, so we can be done with that. But when we do things in faith, uh, when we do them with love, well, then there's a little more enthusiasm, a little more excitement, a little more generosity. Oh, yeah, so, God loves a cheerful giver, right? Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think there probably was a difference in sure. the outward things. But I, Luther and, well, I guess the author of Hebrews, yeah. the Bible, <laughs> uh, uh, is right and say, no, 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 no. Judge by that. Don't judge by the way the gift looks. It could be just a, a few mites, and it might not seem like that's anything. But no, no, it's the, it's the faith that drives it. So when we come back next week, Matt, here's what I want to do. I want to pull up a New Testament story, which I think parallels this. In fact, I I give thanks to the author of the lectionary for this, because I had never thought of this before. But when we did this in in Sunday's uh, service, it was paired with the Old Testament lesson that had to do with the Pharisee and the tax collector. Yeah, the gospel lesson. The gospel lesson, yeah, thank you. So I would ask our listeners to contemplate on that. What is the connection between what's going on here between Cain and Abel and what's going on uh, between uh, uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector? And the other thing I would invite people to contemplate is the sadness that comes out of this disparity. 
uh, where there is faith in one and no faith in the other. What What is the fruit? What is the result of, of that disparity? Any final comments here, Matt, as we wrap up this episode of Wrestling? Are you going to keep whipping out Hebrew words next week, too? We'll try as much All as we right, can All right, I out. better study up on my Hebrew. <laughs> Just read Luther's commentary on Genesis. It has it all in there for you. One not like stop I'm a bright shopping. guy. I'm not reading the Hebrew. <laughs> God's blessings to all of you. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.